0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our week 5 suspension episode talking about the Mount Rushmore of MLS Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by the Quarantine Barbershop, rehabilitating your hair after self-cut hair cuts gone wrong since 2020. Oh wait, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing patreon community of the mls fantasy insider podcast you guys are awesome and uh, you are why we are keeping this podcast going uh thank you so much my name is reed Connolly from mlsfantasyboss.com and tonight i am joined by my partners in fantasy michael denton and blaine riffle how are you guys doing tonight doing well excellent and our very special guest tonight is matt pollard how are you doing
1: uh reed thank you very much for having me on the podcast again uh happy easter to those who celebrated and yes, since yes, we're recording this um on monday happy easter to our friends north of the border apparently canadian easter is the day after uh easter in the united states um and then also happy passover huh. to those in the midst of celebrating that
0: there we go excellent thank you for that uh, and of course as i said we are doing this because uh, of our amazing patreons patreon supporters but also we are doing this because We are suspended again because of the delays and and the concerns due to the COVID-19 virus going around. And a lot of us are at home. A lot of us are stressing out. I read an article today talking about the stress of all of these little micro decisions that we have to make and just like this overload of decisions. And uh, we are here to help everybody relax, everybody listening, everybody who just tunes in for a second. It's about mental health, and we just want to have fun, give everyone listening a chance to relax for an hour or so, whatever, which just some fun chit-chat with uh, the content that people want, where if you're listening to this right now on the podcast, go check out the YouTube, because we had a pretty fun discussion a second ago about <laughs> a, uh, a crazy Swansea City mascot from back in the day uh but no that's why we're here here. It's just to help brighten the day because we all need to be healthy at home and doing what we can to make sure that we all get through this together and that's what what we're here for so guys thank you very much i'm excited about tonight's episode what about you all
2: very so are, are we actually going to dynamite some mountains after this
0: uh I don't know maybe we can we can see if we get approval I think we should should add something or maybe we like make additions to the noses of the presidents or try to add beards or something some texture for the Mount Rushmore uh I don't know but as I said, we're As doing... long as
2: we're just expensive to Ben Bear's account and be like, Ben <laughs> Bear yeah. approved this. Yeah. Where
1: would be the best place for us to put this? Because, like, the whole idea of why the architect and Teddy Roosevelt wanted to put mm-hmm. there was to give people a reason to come to South Dakota. Where is mm-hmm. the, the geographic ancestral home of MLS fantasy?
2: Or where is well, attendance somewhere... so low that we need it's to have more... people come? Yeah, let's send it to Red Bull Arena. People need to actually <laughs> go <ahead. laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. Well, as as I already said, our topic tonight is the MLS Fantasy Mount Rushmore. And this is, of course, inspired by Extra Time Radio, or Extra Time Now, uh, with their series of Team Mount Rushmore. And they haven't, to their credit, they have not yet ignored the Fantasy Mount Rushmore list. However... I feel like it's going to happen. So we have been just proactive and are doing this for them so that when they inevitably omit it, we can have it covered. So this is the fantasy Mount Rushmore. And of course, we had to have Matt Pollard because he's up in Colorado. He's in the mountains. How could we not have a mountain man?
1: There we go. How could we not have a mountain man here with us? This is the extent of my three weeks of quarantine (laughs) self-isolation beard. Um, I joke- Neck beard for those of you listening. uh, Neck beard, yeah. The the cheeks come in relatively late. That's a late addition. So we're talking like maybe conference finals of the Stanley Cup playoffs in terms of when those (laughs) arrive. Um, So uh, the challenge that has been put to me by uh, Ginger MLS Twitter, all like 10 of us, um, as well as Rapids Twitter, is that by the end of all of this, I come out looking like Alexi Lawless. So I am embracing that challenge, and uh, we'll see how long it takes to re-bring uh, back the uh, goatee of 2018 legend.
0: Ooh, nice. You know, we had a great suggestion from chat just now from Adam. He said that forget adding a new new faces, just add the jerseys under the president's heads. I think that's great. That's right. because mm-hmm. they don't
2: have to pick which president gets which jersey that's an interesting conversation too. Uh. <laughs>
0: oh wow, maybe that's that's what we should do next week or maybe that's what we should tell ETR. hey, we, we went halfway. We got your fantasy <laughs> now you got to figure out which which team would each president support? Ooh, Ooh that's Ooh. a good one too. Ooh.
1: Well, Washington was in uh, like northern part of Red- uh, too many of them are close to because it's it's Washington. Teddy Roosevelt, Jefferson, and Lincoln. So I've got to, Lincoln has to be Chicago Fire. I've got to assume the Virginia guys are gonna be DC United. Where What's Teddy going for? That's, the, that's mm-hmm. the quandary for me. Where is, where are the Roosevelt's from? I'll look this up, somebody else keep talking. Do we, are we going to, are we gonna have them be?
0: Yeah,
2: I, I was thinking Roosevelt would go for the Timbers just because he likes trees. Um,
0: i mean we could i I think that's it maybe it needs to be which president best embodies the spirit of a team maybe maybe that's what we need to do not necessarily because i feel like it's gonna be well wherever you're from there's your team there you go but that's just not
1: fun apparently teddy was born in new york and then he died in upstate new york Um, but was he red or blue uh, that's, well, I mean, he that's...
2: was in New York, so he would be blue. Oh, uh,
1: okay. okay. <laughs> well, if he's in New York. I don't lie, would he technically so much, be a so Cosmo? I oh, I... No. oh, I
0: guess they yeah. could bring in some some USL to this. We'll okay, sure. no, he actually he was born...
1: made top league, so no. <laughs> okay, he was born in Manhattan proper, so um, and I guess technically he was a Republican, so we're we're going down a uh, down some bull moose, <laughs> bull <Yeah>. moose, <clears throat> bull moose, yeah. Mm. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. We do I feel like he'd be Teddy's a Timber.
0: I feel like he'd be a Timber. He was a Teddy's man. Teddy's TV for, for
1: me. <laughs> Teddy's Bears. Do we have any Bears in?
0: Hmm. Uh, just, he'd be a fan of Ben, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I we'll go. see. Well, guys, let's, let's start out. Uh, no, Andrew, this is not what you expected. This, this is never what you expect. Who
1: knows? <laughs> we have a
0: rough outline of a show, and then it just gets organic. This is... As, as uh, Matt said before the show started, this is the content that people wanted.
2: Yeah, it took us to week five before we went off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay,
0: back on track. We're talking about the Fantasy Mount Rushmore. So, guys, we're going to actually take this in two separate Mount rushmore Moorings. I don't know. Two separate shots at this. Uh, first, we're going to go with the Extra Time Spirit, and we're going to talk players, which I think is what most people expected when I sent this out on Twitter. I tried to hint at how broad it was going to be, but we're going to do this in two parts. So the first one is the players, the MLS players who you all believe are worthy, top four players, of being on the fantasy. Mount Rushmore. though. I'm leaving this up to you completely for what you've come up with on your list as far as qualifications. We're looking at impact of the game, impact as a team, impact to anything like that. Their individual scores or if they've done something in the lexicon of, of fantasy history. So, lots of options here. So, um, I'm interested. I'm really interested in seeing what you guys have because there's, there's so many names. So, Let's just start, number one, Mike, who do, who do you believe is the number one face that needs to go on the fantasy Mount Rushmore?
2: I think the number one face is Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela. Um, so to, to me, the standard that I did when I was picking my faces on Mount Rushmore was which players just absolutely dominated a time where it didn't matter, home and away, DDW, single game week, what matchup, whatever, you had to have them on their team because they were basically broke the game. Uh, that's absolutely Carlos Vela. Um, even though he only did it for a year, I, I, it still was just such a dominant performance where he was pretty much an automatic captain lock unless he just wasn't playing. But then even were like, maybe I should just put him on because maybe he'll score goals somehow. You know, he, he was that dominant. And I, I just think he had to go on for, for me for, for number one.
0: I saw a lot of nods. Uh, Blaine Matt, do you guys disagree with, with that as the number one?
1: Uh, maybe the only argument that I would have against that, Mike, and I'm probably splitting hairs in being really... I, I, I realize I'm going out on a limb to make this argument. I would say that there is a dark horse argument for Sebastian Giovinco mm-hmm. over... Um, Carlos Vela as the George Washington to mm. our MLS fantasy Mount Rushmore. And I'm kind of doing this on a technicality because I just think the last couple of years in the Carlos Vela era of MLS fantasy the pricing has just been there's just been way too much inflation as we see in a lot of aspects of multiple economies here and there was just a little bit better pricing from that standpoint so I could see where Carlos Vela broke the game but there was a point where unless he was getting a goal and an assist and maybe a couple other bonuses you could argue that spending 15 million on him as opposed to balancing out the rest of your lineup Um, you know that you could make an argument for that if they were playing on the road against a difficult team like on turf and they had to travel all the way across the country whereas let's say just because of when he played in MLS and the rules in place for pricing Sebastian Giovinco was a little bit more manageable in that regard and still pretty darn close in terms of productivity but this is the I, I understand I'm making the MVP as opposed to best player argument. So I'm just like, all I'm saying is that Sebastian <laughs> Giovinco deserves to be at that conversation, but he deserves to be in the room where it happens. But I don't think there's any <laughs> denial that um, Carlos Vela is the George Washington.
0: I think that's a good point. I'll mention right now before I let you go, Blaine is when we're talking about this list, Uh, The game has evolved. If you haven't listened to that already, just check those out. Uh, The first few episodes we did for the History of Fantasy. I think we're all looking at Fantasy 3.0, so the modern version Mm -hmm. of the game. So, Blaine.
3: Yeah, um, I'm with Matt on this one. Um, I think Giovinco has to go number one uh, just because he was the original must-own week-in, week-out ACV. I mean, at that point we didn't say it, but it was ACG. He got his own nickname in MLS. Everybody was showing up to stadiums to watch him play. Um, Huge deal all around the league. But fantasy-wise, he blew it up like we had never seen before. Uh, Before that, I was writing articles, and there was always a debate. But when Giovinco came around, it was, am I taking Giovinco or not this week? And then it was building the rest of your team around that. And that was your number one question. He's the original. Carlos Vela has taken over that role. But if you want to go, you've got to start with the guy who really blew that system up, and um, that's Giovinco.
0: Yeah, that's some good, some good uh, reasoning there. I I tend to think along that same lines myself. uh, Those both those players both fall into that same value, um, and that representation of Giovinco, I think, I think, is a great argument. Before then, it was always. Is it gonna be Robbie Keane? Is it gonna be Landon? Is it gonna be Higuain? Like we were talking about, who are your must have? We always talk about must have players, and then we gave our captain options, and it seemed like that was a good turning point. Of course, like it's, it's of course it's Giovinco. So who else after that? Does that sway you, Mike? Are you? Do you th- no, I
2: mean, look, Giovinco is is on my Mount Rushmore. He was probably yeah, they two. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, I don't want. I'm not gonna dump on Giovinco like uh, Matt said. It's probably MVP versus best player. Argument. I don't think this is a conversation that we would have, but one of the things I am going to say is when Giovinco did it, Giovinco did it in um, not the unlimited transfer era, um, or at least part of it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you had limited transfers. So to me, it wasn't as much of a breaking the game because you always going to want to have the best player, the most consistent player on your team. Now, that said, he did. He was a, an incredibly consistent player, much higher. Um, you know, this is the point where, even though it hurts my argument, I'm going to bring it up. Guy Sanchez's legendary rant about Giovinco breaking the game and destroying fantasy absolutely <laughs> needs to be included in the conversation. Because, uh, and if, if you haven't heard that rant, go back in our archives and go look it up. Or listen mm-hmm. to it; it's fantastic. Um, but I, I think because he did it at a time where, like, you were looking to save transfers. It's not quite as impressive as what Carlos Vela did, which at a time when it's you're fair. supposed to be changing team and team and team, he was like, "No, I'm still going to do it." Um, and even the stats bear it out. You know, more goals in Giovinco, just a- absolutely I- incredible that he was just so dominant last year, regardless. And not even just like he was a dominant, consistent player he was getting you bonus. but he was a dominant captain pick almost every single week. That mm-hmm. that I think is something that we never saw. Giovinco was always like. He was really good. He's probably going to get you eight points. He's going to be a good captain pick, but he was never an automatic, definitely he's going to be the best captain pick the way Carlos Vela has this year. Carlos Vela was getting tens and double digits the way where Giovinco was getting eights. Now, getting eights on a consistent basis is still really crazy. He's definitely n- number two, and, and I don't fault people for saying number one, but that's why I put Vela number one as opposed to think.
1: No, I think a really good point on there, uh, Mike. Uh, just to crunch some numbers really quickly, just based on their regular season production, Sebastian Giovinco, uh, 0.64 goals per 90. 0.49 assists per 90 Carlos Vela 0.85 goals per 90 so roughly you know a fifth of a goal more per 90 minutes and then about the same assist 0.48 to 0.49 add those two up Sebastian Giovinco is getting you 1.13 goals and assists combined for 90 Carlos Vela 1.33 so um, you know the number is pretty solid about level on assists and Carlos Vela was getting you more <laughs> goals I wonder whether or not it's worth discussing the importance in terms of the conferences the two teams played in at the time mm, and just mm. the overall competition level given the 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 opponents that they were playing at um you know in terms of just you know carlos sure, sure. And spending his entire time in the western conference playing seattle obviously having to deal with latin ibrahimovic in the derby whereas sebastian giovinko on you know albeit you know a very strong toronto fc team but that would have been free atlanta if i'm not mistaken and that would have been free nycfc getting their act together
0: that's true that's true i mean those a lots of things that we can't always control for and i think the argument is is that's why it was impactful for fantasy it was because he was a player that with the situation at the time was able to make that impact and the players were able to turn to him to, to capitalize fantasy the the only other argument I'll throw out there is... as I went back and forth with this a lot. And I also have Javenko as as my number one fantasy player. So we'll just stamp that right now. Kapow. Sebastian Javenko is the number one face. The first face on Fantasy Mount Rushmore. But I went back and forth with this a lot. And, and Andrew Crawler mentioned this one as, as his first pick. I don't know Andrew in chat if that was your order of who you think should be on there. Uh, but... Javinka was definitely the first always captain guy, but is the player that you always want to captain more impactful on fantasy than the player who gets a strategic move named after him? And so, okay, my- Andrew
3: put it. Andrew put it in chat, and I was going to save this for number four. I think number I 4, you're,
0: you're crazy. You're absolutely bonkers with that. No, I you Madranda is you, is Madranda in the conversation for number 1 based on how his name entered the lexicon of fantasy at that time.
3: He got my fourth spot. If you get a transfer move or anything game related named after you, and I don't think we have another player that we actually have a move named after them. If he's the, he's the first and the only one to have a move named after him, he's on the mountain. Until somebody else does it, he is not getting displaced on the mountain, in my mind. And he was my number four.
0: So having a move named after you is not a number one worthy. I mean, Andrew's going off in chat right now. He is more important at the time due to budget restrictions. So there he's even breaking it down into the rules category. I mean, we can we can sweep this right out from under Javinko. We don't care.
3: We're making up our own rules here. I, I mean, <laughs> if you if you want to look at it that way, like I, I'll gladly take an SKC guy here number one on the list. Like, I will go full <laughs> Homer on that one, and I will gladly take it because um, he was playing out of position, listed it as a defender, getting subbed off after about sixty minutes and keeping the clean sheet, which is where the where his move is called. Anytime a defender comes off early and the team loses the clean sheet after that, it's called the Madranda, and it stayed that way. And what did he get? He got close to 10 of those that season.
0: But that was part of it, too, is it wasn't just that that happened. Because that ha- we're always looking for players that have happened. It happened so yeah. consistently with him.
2: But it happened so consistently <laughs> for, like, the first two months of the season. And then it stopped. That's why Madronda isn't on my Mount Rushmore at all. Oh, that's, oh. That, that's why my, I couldn't put him yeah. as number one. Okay,
3: okay. Like
2: be, he, he, yeah, because like a... he was just he got the move. Like he was like, but it was like it, it was like a one shining moment. You know, like he had it and it was fun and it was hilarious. Um, it was kind of like Daniel Stares where he was like four 0. I think it was Daniel Stares or maybe it was uh-huh. another player. It was like they may have gone like they were starting at their 4.0. They may have gone under, you know, we were hoping. And, you know, but it's just that like brief window <laughs> for Madronda. Because, and part of it was because we had the split season that year. And I think he got fixed in he did. the second half. He did get of
0: fixed. So he caused the need for a midfielder. A
2: fix. And it was lame, you know. No, he did. Error. Um, if you want to know why Ben <coughs> Bear shouldn't be on the Fantasy Rush more, screwing the Madron. <laughs> 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 well, we we will make
0: this we will make this de- democratic at the end. So Blaine, go ahead. Then Matt, you'll you'll let you weigh in, and yeah. then we'll vote to be sure.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like this is why I had him as number four is because a lot of what Mike is saying, he didn't have that long term mm-hmm. fantasy game impact other than lending his name to this awesome move, and it still sticks today. And so it, it's kind of the novelty pick. It's nothing that he specifically did. It was the situation that surrounded him that gets him up on there because he's the only player to have a move named after him. And it's a huge novelty thing, but it was such a huge part of the game while he was active. And it just, I don't think anybody's going to forget that for a long time. Okay.
1: Matt? Uh, so a couple of things read first of all, I think we're in agreement even if some people are disagreeing in the chat that one way or the other Vela and Giovinko are one two on our Mount Rushmore, right? Well, we haven't decided that yet at least at okay. least one we're doing okay, one right we're, now. we're 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 con- we, we have all four of us have come to a consensus that those two are on the Mount Rushmore And now we are converting to debating who should be three and four
0: I have not conceded number two to Vella if we're doing this. Nope, but, I haven't either. But we're just talking number one.
1: Okay, okay, well, okay, we're we're just talking number one. Okay, well, then I still stand that it's Sebastian Giovinco. But okay. while we're talking about uh, sporting Kansas City players, but first, uh, Reed, can I motion that we add for like a fifth honorary mention to like that mls homegrown who was 16 years old cost 4 million and was on loan in usl the entire time so that i could do my switcheroos like can we have like a a
2: switcheroo (laughs) like i don't i don't know how
0: about no no no. i've got this i
2: considered asking the scrub you know the the scrub is the the fourth fifth spot of mount rushmore
0: (laughs) Uh, this is what we'll do with extra time they took a coach and they made that like the the Bruce Arena studio or the Bruce Arena box whatever they were overlooking all this so this will be the Switch Arena the Switcheroo studio that we're just making all these decisions in so yes we will give our our nod to the Switcheroo um, i don't know if it itself deserves to be a Maybe this should Mount be Rushmore? like Tomb of
1: the Unknown Soldier, where like it's just out, like a call-out for everybody who fits that category.
0: The switcheroo is the park ranger who is standing there being like, and here, kids, is Mount Fantasy. Uh, that's what that is, wearing a mask that looks like a swan. No, I think that's the park
2: ranger is. is Quincy America. <laughs> just inviting people. We'll see. All right, all right, let's vote. So, so the I mean, vote comes down. Job now.
0: Matt, okay. are we voting? Is Javinko number one for you?
1: I am. I am stamping uh, my ballot for Sebastian. Okay, Giovinco. you're for
0: that, Blaine.
3: I'm going to Javinko. Mike. No.
0: No. And uh, we should have had five people, but uh, <laughs> I we have at least two. I'm okay with that. So Javinko is going to be number one on our fantasy Mount Rushmore. Moving on to number two.
1: Is there <laughs> two. what happens? What do we do if like there's a tie? Like, isn't there isn't there a way that like the chat. the electoral chat. college? Chat. Okay, so the chat, chat is the. Yep. The chat is the breaker. Okay. Yes,
0: chat is the breaker. Okay. All right. Going on to number two, Blaine. Let you start this. By
2: one. the way, Andrew kicked me off the show versus chat. He, so did, he really Chad did. That's right. Like I'm, I'm done. I'll see you guys later.
3: <laughs> so, so this is where I'm going to get really controversial here, and I, I can't wait too much on recency bias, because that's a real thing in fantasy. Uh, Diego Valeri is my number two. Uh, Mister Consistent in the midfield for so long um set pieces crosses corners you name it he was he did so much and was so consistent for so long it's really hard to break away from that and it's so bad that it's so strong that he's still usually a top five pick in our in my draft leagues that i watch and monitor the drafts he he just had that much of an impact that even now that he's starting to decline a lot more he's still a top five pick a definite first round pick every year and the timbers didn't look the greatest last year i know he still put up some decent points but if you you can't have that type of impact and not make the mountain and when we talk about more of the mls 3.0 he was one of the first midfielders that i can remember being a headline scorer and consistent every game it's just i can't I can't put somebody who had that dominant of a stretch in MLS in the fantasy game anywhere but number two when you consider how impactful Giovinco was at number one.
1: Matt, um, I uh, everything that you just said, Blaine, but I have Valeri at my uh, number three for this one. Even though you know we we said Giovinco number one, so by default I kind of have to. Stick to my guns and say Carlos Vela is number two. Is number two. I just think he's he broke the game in fantasy in the way that I would say that overall for the team for for the Portland Timbers, Diego Valeri has been the LeBron for the Timbers at time when the team hasn't necessarily been as good, and he has consistently put up numbers. But Valeri didn't regularly break the game, and Vela did that regardless of who the opponent was or where they were playing in a lot of regards. And I can't say the same thing for Diego Valeria. Again, I'm, I'm splitting hairs for Valeria in a lot of ways because of the body of work and the resume. Whereas, you know, Bella's done this for what, you know, two years and two games effectively or two, two fantasy seasons and two weeks, two rounds, so to speak. Um, but, you know, I'm splitting hairs for Valeria at three, as much as I am Giovinco at one, but I've got to stick with um with Bella at two. I don't have anything else to, add to this until we get to the voting okay mike
2: yeah i mean if we're talking about number two i I think it's still carlos Vela. um i I mean i thought he should be number one and i think the same arguments apply um to to me the problem with putting um valerian i i don't have valerian on my mount rushmore at all uh and to me the issue there is he's been a very consistent he's been a very good fantasy asset um over the years but he's never been dominant he's never been a must pick he's always if Portland has a good matchup, if Portland has a double game week player, double game, double game week, that's who you look at. And, you know, he's definitely a lock on for that. But that's just a really good player. We've, we have a number of those. I mean, even like today, you know, Bradley Larry Phillips, Max Morales, you know, pl- players like that. He never really was dominant-like. <laughs> I have, I'm looking at, because of Diego Valeri is so good, one of the first matchups I'm looking for is to see who Portland is playing this week to see if it's a good matchup and to see if I can get him on my team. Um, Diego Valeri has never been that for me, so to me, he doesn't make it the Mount Lushmore as opposed to the other players. Um, but since we're just, I won't talk about the players I do have. But I, I, I think Carlos Vela and, and what he's done uh, last season far surpasses anything that Diego Valeri did. So I, I'm gonna stick with Vela for the number two spot.
0: So I agree with Mike that uh, I don't think Valeri needs to be on the fantasy wall. Uh, mountain because I think we're blurring too much between just quality players and fantasy impactful people I, I agree Andrew is again mentioning in chat talking about a recency bias I mean looking back Robbie Keane was a great solid player who was good at at passing the ball and scoring, to give you those those points. Uh, Frederico Higuain was valuable in the same position, even when he was miscategorized as a forward and then came back to the midfielder spot, back and forth with there. We've had uh, Harrison Madunyan, who's been great consistency. <laughs> a lot of our midfielders who have been great, consistent players and great options and targets for double game weeks. But Valeri is just a solid MLS player for me. Max Morales, uh, Javier... Javier Morales right there. That was that's a, a great another one there too. We could always go to as as players we wanted. But I cannot not pick Um Madronda for number two. I mean he has a move named after him, regardless of how little time it got to be. It was impactful enough to the community and the lexicon that at least in the harder core circles or the the, the intense our our group the people, the good people watching and listening to us right now. Um, that that was He made an impact on fantasy because of that. And if we're giving the first must-have player the number one spot, I think the first player to have something named after him has to at least be number two. So for me, it's Madronda. We're getting ready to the voting time right now. Is anybody swayed by any of the arguments here right now? Maybe Blaine, for you, because it does not sound like Valeri is going to be in this running.
3: Yeah, and that's I can't believe nobody else has him on the mountain. Like that's no. He's I a great him. player. I, okay. He's, he's at my 3. He's at my 3. Okay, he's at there your you 3. That's right. Like I just it was a I'm I got to defend my pick a little bit here go ahead. at the time when this was going on. Who were our other super midfielders? He was one of the first big designated player midfielders. J-Mo. Yeah, okay. There's one. But Fantasy 3.0, he had a few years but he was done 2015 like he was on the downhill slide i mean i know jason talked about him a lot right when i was joining the podcast but after that he kind of disappeared and that's again the recency bias like just a guy who had been there done it for so many landon
0: years. donovan
3: <laughs> again <laughs> like dropped off. Like, like yeah. dropped like, off. He was pretty much like tearing. Well, it up. Like,
1: well, Yeah, that, he he went out. Read that argument. I think we have to consider the fact that I think it, there might be a little bit of bias in there for the what he did prior to MLS fantasy becoming a thing. Like if MLS fantasy existed in 1996, I think the only argument we're really having is Jeff Cunningham versus the field at this point. But Jeff Cunningham didn't play when MLS fantasy was a thing for you know, almost a decade if not more. So I feel like, you know, you have to look at what they've done in MLS fantasy existing and there's no denying that towards the end of the MLS 2.0 era, Diego Valeri was the one consistent lock that you had. And he was a must have serious consideration for the captaincy when Mm -hmm. Portland had a favorable game at home. And we're just including that because he's over 30 years old now and has been declining in the last two years where Carlos Vela and Diego Valeri or not Diego Valeri and Sebastian Giovinco did it in their prime for two to three seasons.
2: Okay. Yeah, but there's tons of players that we could pick who were to, good. And like, if they had a good matchup, like we would want to captain but them. But to me, it's got to be higher. And Diego Valeri, he was always in that conversation of top midfielders, but he was never the guy. But he was in that conversation for three or four years.
3: Until, until Joseph Martinez showed up, well, well, well really, Giovinco, <laughs> Martinez, and Vela have been the only three guys since Valeri's time that have consistently been up there for your captain picks while they're playing strong. Week in and week out, home or away, they're the guys that you've, you're looking to now. I'm, and I'm going back a ways for this one because we're spoiled right now as fantasy players we have Maxi Morales, we had Higuain, we've we've got Ladero, we've got all of these recent names, but you look at them, nobody's been in the league more than about four years. Right now, of that crew, Higuain was around for a lot longer, but he got overshadowed. The other guy I would put that I was, I kind of waffled on it for a minute and then just said, no, it's got to be Valeri because Valeri had the recognition league-wide for the fantasy game. But um, Piatti is the other one that I would throw up there. He was the other midfielder that was about as consistent for as long, but I think his ceiling was a little lower and his production just wasn't quite the same. And everybody played played with Valeri. You either, you either had to have a good reason not to play him or he was in your team and potentially your captain every week. And it was that way for about three seasons. And that's, that's the thing. It's three seasons worth. I don't think, I think last year with the way New York city was playing, Maxi Morales wasn't up there every week where he's one of those guys you have to have when he first came to MLS. Sure. He was one of those guys on your list that yeah, every week you look at him, but I've never seen a guy quite like Valeri where even, even now when I'm picking teams, I'm always kind of in the back of my mind. Am I putting in or not? He had that much of an impact on me and my roster selections because I didn't jump on him early enough and I got burned so much early on, uh, being a Cascadia hater, that happens. But like, it, it was one of those that in the back of my mind, it's always there. Do I do I need to pick up Valeri this week? And it just became such a big thing for me. He was that good for that long. that I always had to account for him. And in a couple of my head-to-head leagues, like Tacos League, I was having to look at my opponent and going, well – they're going to go Cascadia Homer because I was in a Cascadia league. And I, do I have to take Valeri just to match him in case he goes off?
1: Four seasons of double digits, goals and double digit assists. He has ne- he's only had in completed seasons. So not counting this year in which he has two goals in two games. Um, he's had uh, 20 plus goals and assists combined all but one season. That one season was 2015 where he only started 20 games. Um, and I would challenge any of you to come up with another number not, or number 10 in MLS not named Ignacio Piatti who's had that same consistent level of production for that long a period of time.
0: I will also add that Andrew has shared that in 2013 Valeri's points per game was 6.72, Landon Donovan's was 7.49, and in 2015 and 2017 Valeri was not even in the top 20 values for points per 90 per, per dollar and then uh, Adam is sharing that uh, he is lobbying for Vela because prior to this season uh, we were concerned about his production causing him to be a 20 million dollar player because of all that so lots of stuff going out there I think this may end up going to chat for a, a tiebreaker so let's let's move on to the vote Blaine who is gonna be who do you think is worth number two
3: I'm still sticking with Valeri. That consistency gives it to me. One Valeri.
0: Matt.
1: Uh, So despite all of my... uh, All of what I just said was me stumping for Valeri at three. So as previously stated, for the sake of being consistent, Carlos Vela at my number two.
0: Mike. Vela. Vela two Vela's. For me, it has to be Madronda. Going to chat, I've already asked. Uh, We have two people who have already chimed in and said, uh, Vela, anybody else who is in chat right now, now is your time to... To chime in and break this tie that we have. We need a third vote. Will it be Vela or will you just send this spiraling down into some sort of uh, no? Well, Reed,
3: I'll give you this one. I think we're I'll gonna go the, with Vela. I was gonna say I'll throw the vote for Madranda because he's my number four and I can shift <laughs> my map around. No, no, we're going to uh, we're gonna go with Vela. I
0: think I think Chat's leaning that way. Even even Andrew would say Madranda and then Vela, so that, that sort of puts him in that spot. So we're gonna go, the second face on Mount Fantasy is uh, Carlos Vela. So Which
1: hairdo are we putting <laughs> on Ooh. the Carlos Vela one? Cause Ooh. Giovingo was pretty consistent. He was. But what are we, are we doing like, are we doing the shorter hair, like comb to the side? Are we doing the wave back? Man bun, no man bun, ponytail, no ponytail?
2: I'm, I'm gonna go wave back I'm, I'm assuming the ponytail is not gonna work on, <laughs> on the mountain yeah that's, oh, that's it
0: trouble. that's it man bun might be kind of hard too but that could be a good lookout spot but that could be kind of fun that could be kind of fun uh okay moving on to number three matt i think you've already shared and started your stump so number three face on mount fantasy uh, I'm
1: gonna stick with Diego Valeri. I think the one thing that I that, that I will add to this, I'll uh, I'm borrowing a lot of the arguments that I've had in the past for like all-star voting or for best eleven as well. I don't think you know it's not inherently written in the rules because you're only selecting four players, and I mean unless we're building a fantasy futsal team, I don't know that we're that position necessarily matters. But the fact is, clean sheets still matter, assists still matter. If we're just going if All we're doing in this Mount Rushmore thought experiment exercise is picking the guys with the highest points per game. It's going to be four strikers. I think if you were just going in a vacuum, who are the 11 best players in any given MLS season based on how the money is spent and how soccer, the most important thing you can do is score goals. You basically have six center forwards and, or, you know, six forwards and then five number tens in your starting 11. So for the sake of having balance, I don't think we can just have – four forwards and I'll get to this a little bit when we get to my fourth pick so that is another argument behind which I am putting Valeri at my three and I don't have anything else to say because I've expended all of my bullets on that regard stuffing with him <laughs> from our <laughs>
0: previous discussion. Alright, Mike.
2: There are three players who broke fantasy in MLS 3.0. Okay. Ashton Giovinco, Carlos Vela and Joseph Martinez. Ooh. The Third spot should absolutely be J-Mart. Joseph Martinez. J-Mart. I don't know why Diego Valeri is in this conversation. Uh, he's he's not. Um, Diego Valeri he never broke the game the way Joseph Martinez did. If you want to talk about what Joseph Martinez has done consistently, especially when Atlanta is at home, to why he maybe he's like a slight tier below below the other two, is because his production is a little bit more at home. But he just absolutely blows it out of the water. He is a multiple-goal, dependable scorer. I, I mean, what Atlanta has done putting up ridiculous goal numbers fantasy-wise is, is unparalleled. Um, if Almiron had stuck around a little bit longer, we'd probably be throwing him in this conversation. Um, but because he he was just so short, I, I don't know if you can get him in. But what Joseph Martinez did, I, I don't know how you can't talk about it. I mean, for the, for the especially the year that Atlanta uh, won the Shield, he was a must-have. Diego Valeri has never, ever been a must-have. He just hasn't. I, I don't know. I mean, Maybe in draft is a different thing because it's consistent week to week. But Joseph Martinez, every week since he came into the league, you have looked to see who Atlanta has play, is playing as one of the first things you do every week. So to, to me, it's Joseph Martinez. Hmm,
3: fair. Blaine? Yeah, I struggled with the third spot because, you know, is my fourth spot, and I just – I, I'm kind of with Matt on this. You can't make it all forwards. Like, that just... Why? Clean sheets matter. I mean, that's... Like,
2: no, like, they don't. It's just...
3: <laughs> I, they're the guys that they put up the most points, but they're that not... That's an ones arbitrary ones. rule. Yeah, it's just... I, I don't know. I just... I couldn't in good conscience just pick all forwards because, yeah, Giovinco and... Yeah, the plus all-star
2: and, team does it? This isn't, like, you know, the best team for fantasy. Okay, well, this this is us having
1: a thought experiment. Wait, Mike. This isn't isn't us being stands for the league as a marketing ploy. No, this really is the MLS
0: All-Star team because, Mike, you're talking about Atlanta, and that's what half of the All-Star team is (laughs) anyway. And technically,
1: the real Mount Rushmore is just a giant publicity stunt for South Dakota tourism. So maybe we're being on-brand in just choosing four forwards.
2: Yeah, and I'm just... (sighs)
1: I I think it was a
2: midfielder for part of this time. though, wasn't he?
3: I think he was always listed as a forward.
1: I thought he was always a forward in fantasy. He
3: played deeper. He played deeper, but I I I think it was the year
2: he went nuts. He was a four. He was listed as a mid. Mm. Someone checked me on that, but I thought he, there was a time where he was a midfield.
3: Yeah. So I don't think so. So just thought process here because Vela and Martinez are both worthy candidates. For Andrew says yes. Yep. And,
2: and so we, I just, we've got your mid we're
1: done. Okay. We've got a, we've yeah. got a midfielder forward. We've got a forward and now we're deciding I, whether or not to put a third or a second only exclusively a forward.
3: Yeah. And I, I just kind of, I waffled a little bit on this one. Um, I still was kind of undecided coming into the show. Um, one name that was really rising to the top was Luis Robles for New York whether they were a good team, bad team, he was always Mr. Consistent and just an iron man. Um, it's a, it's hard to put goalkeepers on here, but just, again, I'm looking more at consistency. But I kind of decided in the show, like as far as players go, Quincy Ameriqua gets the third spot. He's the only guy, the only player to come onto this show, and he hosted his own fantasy league <laughs> with prizes if a player is going to have an impact on the game, that's an impact on the game. And I don't think we can overlook how involved he was in trying to grow the fantasy community. And I I had trouble picking a third player for my list. And I think I just decided it's, it's going to be Quincy because of what he did off the field.
0: Uh, I think that is an excellent pick. He is he is my number three as well, and I was really worried that some of you all were continue to to spew the heresy that you were and overlooking Quincy until you said that Blaine. Yeah, I I agree for all those reasons. Quincy Ameriquas started when he was in Chicago the Beat Quincy Fantasy League, and he was the only player, active player that I know of who was in the community and involved with promoting the fantasy game. Michael Parkhurst has a league now, which would have been fun to even try to get him on the show, but reasons. Uh, and yes, Quincy did come on to uh, the show during the first season of the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast when, when we took it over from uh, the original original hosts. So I think because of his willingness to promote the game, which is often something that we have cited as a problem and something that fantasy needs is is club-level support Quincy did that, and I think that is worthy of Quincy Ameriqua being on Fantasy Mount Rushmore. Okay, chat. This may go to you all again, so so just, yeah, I think just we start got a plurality right here. Start, start thinking. We're going to start yeah. going through. Have any guys have any of these arguments swayed you? Are we just going to be looking at player performance? And oh yeah, I want that guy on my team because there have been a lot of players who you've wanted to have on your team. Or are we actually going to look out what the player means to fantasy, if I might make a biased argument? So let's turn it back. Matt?
1: Quincy has had multiple years of his career where he wasn't even a starter. And so I think if if that's the argument you're going to make, then I think... You know, that's the same argument as Stephen Keel should be on the EMLS Mount Rushmore just because, like, <laughs> a while ago. And I'm and I'm not bashing Stephen Keel. He's a Colorado native. He played for the Rapids. I saw him when they re-announced Rapids Man at the beginning of the season and everything. But I I don't know that Quincy moved enough of the needle as that was in terms of just like his cult of personality and then turning that into fantasy capital should outweigh someone who actually had an impact on. The, the game itself so i mean is if quincy wants to be like the tour guide of the of fantasy mount rushmore and the museum and everything that's fine but you know i think that's the you know the, i'm trying to think of a presidential equivalent of like what you have just described as as quincy without saying something that's going to be potentially divisive or controversial given modern times in our politics so um, I, I can good conscience vote for somebody who regularly wasn't even a starter in his own league, or wasn't even consideration for being a part of MLS fantasy, just because he had fun on Twitter. You know, that's like the that's like the kicker in the NFL who says, "Yeah, I picked myself first in my ML, in my NFL fantasy league." Cult
0: so. hero, cult hero. Uh, Mike, have you been swayed any?
2: No, I mean, to to me, Quincy. Is is more of in the other Rushmore we're gonna do. Okay, that's, um, that's I, I that's... could see his 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 argument. I, I don't have a huge problem if he ended up being on the fourth. Um, but but to me if you if you kind of break the game, um, that's a little bit higher. Um, the the other issue uh, I and Matt kind of mentioned like how much did Quincy move the needle? Um, I don't see a whole lot of Chicago Fire fantasy fans. I mean maybe that's there's not a whole Fair. lot of Chicago Fire fans. Period. Fair. I mean this is not his fault. Um, but I, I don't know if he really moved the, the needle as, as much. Um, I mean, I know he did it and it was great, but he hasn't done it consistently over time. Um, Quincy's so never scored did.
1: more than eight goals in a single season. Well, I'm not, I'm so... not talking
2: about like his production on the okay, field. Okay. I'm talking about like his promotion of fantasy. Being sure, he consistent. was a
1: meme for the super nerds, but did not penetrate the conscious of the, lay mls fan like he the the andrew weebies of the world of oh yeah i'm actually gonna get into fantasy let me have fun with my yeah. name and then like by the third week <clears throat> they completely forget about it i don't know that quincy reached that audience enough to bring those into the yeah. nerd dumb of us the people in the chat okay, and the, people okay.
2: and the one thing i want to say is the chicago fire to me who's done the player who's done the most for fantasy is to me is david a because of that one week where he was captained by someone, and we got a red card, and led to the forty-four score in a double game. Win. <laughs> fantasy. So I would listen more to arguments for David and Cobb. Uh, for okay. About than, than Quits.
0: Okay, I can, I can, I can understand that. I can, I can respect that. So, <laughs> so it sounds like we're going to come down to our number three being either Valeri or Jmart and uh i mean that that's some good some good uh mart is a recent person but he did have that prolific year and he was on track for another prolific year which did make him almost a must have uh, at least always a must a must captain on there so he's another one of those conversations so so i think we're going to come down and chat be ready for this uh i think it's going to come down between valeri and Jmart mart after our voting if if we don't get get three so uh matt we'll start with you i think uh to vote.
1: voting green party diego valeri
0: okay diego valeri matt Or Matt. Mike. (laughs) Uh, J-Mart. J-Mart. Blaine?
3: I'm going to go back with my number two pick and go Valeri on this one.
0: Okay. And I am going with Joseph Martinez with this. I just don't think Valeri has had that impact on fantasy, uh, especially if I'm comparing it to that. So once again, chat, we are going to you. Uh, Between Valeri and J-Mart, we have uh, Shannon going with J-Mart. We have Andrew Crawler who says that Matt swayed me away from Quincy give it to J Mart. So we've got two J Marts right here. Uh, I think I think that will be enough for uh, for us to go with Joseph Martinez as our number 3 face on the fantasy Mount Rushmore. Now the number 4 spot. This is this is for things get type we've thrown out a lot of names i know we've thrown out a lot of names we've still got valeri bouncing around we've got madronda we've got quincy's names we have other players who have been prolific in their own right in in people they wanted to go to i mean when robbie Keane was here he was a player that you were always considering for a spot because he was one of those valuable forwards who could both score goals and get bonus points landon donovan was a great name we're looking here in chat graham Zusi. Was, was a spot even when he was a midfielder. Maybe more valuable when he was a midfielder who was someone you were always looking at and then shifting to a defender who you always wanted to potentially get as well. So one of those rare defenders. We've uh, we've even had... Let's see, there was another name who was just in my mind that, that bounced out. Uh, Frederico Higuain that I mentioned earlier. He was another one of those players who was at, at the forward, could do bonus points and everything. So uh, Ico Parra has been a fan, a crazy defensive bonus point producer for two teams now so lots of names here number four hmm, this is this is gonna be be tight uh i guess it technically is my turn but i'm i'm not gonna play that game so uh (laughs) mike i'm gonna go back to you
2: sure um and and this is the one i feel the least strongly about so um and it's a name that we haven't mentioned yet so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm putting myself open to being swayed um, but the name that I had written down before I, I came onto the show was Ladero. Um, to me, what, what did it for Ladero is, well, like, like I said before, it was about players who kind of broke the game, and I feel like there's the main three players. But when Ladero was bought by Seattle midseason, um, what he did, the way he was a must-have that half a season and what he's done since then uh, is to be a little bit stronger than some of the other contenders. Um, to, to me, Valeria hasn't had that kind of production. Ladero, uh, I think, has been really top. Um, the way he creates for other players and, and is a pretty consistent fantasy point getter. To to me, has always been a step above most other midfielders. Um, if, if Seattle has you know other players, you know you're going to pick him above Max Morales even last season. Um, so so to me, it's Ladero. Uh, but I'm I'm interested in hearing some of the other names. I, it's, I know it's not Valeri. But we'll we'll see what the others say.
0: Blaine.
3: Well, I've already said I I'm Jimmy Madranda on this one. He's got a play named after him, an entire move named after him. I that's just that's too big of an impact on the game to go. And Mike, I'm gonna counter you on that one so hard. Um, when did Ladero join the league? Three years ago. Three years
1: 2017, ago. 2017 or 2016, the the year Seattle won their first MLS
3: Cup. Yeah. Um so he, he joined then and Matt what were Valeri's four straight 10-10 seasons?
1: Um yeah, he had he had four seasons
3: in which he had 10 but goals what, or more, 10 assists or more. What years were what years were those? Were those uh, 14 to 17?
1: Uh 13, 14 and 16, 17, I think, but let yeah. me look that up.
3: Yeah, I mean, Ladero came in and changed the game, but Valeri was already this huge powerhouse like how i i just i guess you look at one guy breaking the game and one guy having a great season or great half a season i mean which admittedly against the odds most mid season transfers don't go off like that i know dempsey was being labeled a bust in his first half season because he did almost nothing for the team and then turned he turned it around once he got an off season with him a guy coming in mid season and making a huge impact is rare in mls but you're going to talk about Ladero had that, and then he's had some nagging injuries since then. Like he has been really good, but he's also missed significant time since then. And I don't know how you can make a case for okay, he had a great half a season. Well, Jimmy Madranda had a great two months, which is a, what a quarter of a season, third of a season, like, and got a move named after him. I I just don't I don't get the logic behind. Oh, one great season and then upper echelon but not always available compared to a guy who had four ten ten seasons. That's huge. I I just I don't get that disconnect. Like adamantly no Valeri, but I haven't seen an en- I haven't seen enough from Ladero considering he's been playing in the league with Joseph Martinez and and a bunch of other names. Pazuelo's in there, Vela's in there now like he's just gotten overshadowed by so many other bigger big splash players during that time i mean almiron um zlatan's in there like you i've never seen First time his name's as, come up yeah I, i've never seen ladero as just that top player in the game i mean if you want to go the last few years um vela zlatan martinez are all up there for your best players. Almiron, when he was here, like you had Ladero, never cracked that list of being your best fantasy player for the season. Matt, uh, going totally
1: off the board here. And I'm going to go with uh, the man that Jason Sagini back on the really, really old school oh Captain My Captain segment of the original <laughs> major MLS soccer MLS fantasy videos and go with the original Captain Fantasy of Graham Zusi, probably the best defender in MLS history in MLS fantasy history regarding offensive production um, through the entirety of his career. He's probably been on one of the best in terms of eras defensive teams um, in MLS and certainly in the MLS fantasy era of that. Um, He was an absolute must-have in 2012 and 2013 with five goals and 15 assists and then six goals and eight assists. Was productive from an offensive standpoint as a midfielder. Was productive from an offensive standpoint when he was listed as a defender as well. And so I just, I don't think that we can deny the history of MLS fantasy as a game and not at least have the original captain fantasy, um, especially at a time when defenders were undervalued. I know Blaine, we've had this discussion over the course of a number of years and then even going forward into recent years where defender price has uh, increased and there's been a lot more inflation on the defender pricing value, but also in regard to just how less frequent clean sheets are, and the fact that you still have a guy who is productive offensively and is still on one of the few teams that you can semi count on to get a clean sheet at home. So I realize I'm going totally off the board, and I could this could end up just being a protest vote, anyways, but I think. <laughs> Graham again, deserves to be in the room for that fourth spot in the same way that Teddy Roosevelt only got on Mount Rushmore because he knew the architect and was really pushing the project.
2: <laughs> one, so, one thing, and Andrew one just thing, made the point in chat that I was going to make, which I think I don't think Zusi was a defender until 2018.
3: That's yeah, correct. Last few years. So, um,
2: was, so he was, was he just a midfielder or was he, he also
3: was, a forward no, at some point? No, he was only a ever a midfielder. Only midfielder. Okay. Now, I want to say, just to back up that claim, Zusi in 2017 was playing as a defender and was still fantasy viable playing yeah. out of position backwards yeah he like, was a op yeah and and to be fantasy viable playing out of position as a defender or playing as a midfielder as a defender going backwards that's unheard of we right. see wingbacks all the time get slotted in jovin jones this year is listed as a defender because he's been playing that wing back role but he's been slotting in on the wing on the attacking wing. We look for those. We key off on those because that's huge potential extra potential. I mean Madranda gets that Juicy was viable, going the wrong direction in fantasy. And that says a lot about the production of a player.
0: Right, and that's important to point out uh, because a lot of you probably know this, but if you're not quite catching this, going backwards like that means he was playing as a defender, but since he wasn't categorized, he was not eligible for the clean sheet bonus point. So he was not getting any of those points. The one point, point, exactly. Exactly, right. He would have gotten the one instead of three. And Um, you're
3: normally spending... Four to five million on your defenders is what we've always tried to do maybe 5.5 for a superstar as a midfielder he was 6.5 minimum i think that year he was up to eight or 8.5 for most of it as a defender or as a midfielder playing as a defender like yeah to be fantasy viable that way was just insane
1: Mm
0: -hmm. so you guys have swayed me um to be totally upfront, there, buddy, my number four original was Carlos Vela, and that's because he is the current ACV. ACV has something that's that's uh, come into the lexicon. We've expanded it to to other people now, um, but uh, it, he's the current must must have player, and so I, I thought that was worthy of number four. This has branched into a little bit less of just like fantasy folklore players and gone to like straight up player stats wise so with that in mind i can get behind graham zussi i think andrew makes a great point he was fantasy viable for eight years blaine you make a great point of how he was still someone you wanted even when he was playing backwards out of position because you even you knew that even when he was a defender he was still going to be on those those on-field set plays he was still going to be on corner kick set plays and he was still going to be dangerous going up and down the fields for sometimes a goal but also that that assist option so Mm -hmm. um i i would be comfortable with with graham zuse getting it i still would have liked to have seen madronda on here because of what what he means to fantasy folklore i guess is what we'll say uh but i could be totally happy with with a graham zuse so let's put this to a vote mike starting with you
2: um so for for me i don't think zuse gets into a fantasy i think he's a great player um, but he was always overpriced a little bit because he was a U.S. men's national team player. Um, so I never had him very high on my list. Um, I, I think I've been swayed um, by the Madronda argument. I'll vote for Madronda. Okay,
0: so Madronda or Zusi? That's where we're going, Blaine. Tough one for you.
3: I Madronda was my, my original pick. Like, just to get your name on a play. By the way, that's... I
2: hate all of y'all for letting Blaine like, wax poetic about Sporting
3: <laughs> Well, I mean, you could have thrown out a New York City FC player. You I got... threw
2: out a non-Sporting Kansas City players. Like, Via uh... <laughs>
0: scored from half field before. I mean, we didn't talk about Zlatan. I mean, I guess we got to make sure we talk about this. We didn't talk about Zlatan, who would have probably said that he should be numbers one through four. But I think he solidly <laughs> no is in will that remember category.
1: remember MLS Fantasy. No one will yes. remember what MLS Fantasy is without me.
0: Right, I, I, yeah. I don't. I think he was one of those. He's much more someone that makes like a league Mount Rushmore than really a fantasy Mount Rushmore.
3: Uh, I mean, I'm just sitting here happy as can be because I was afraid that number four was going to come down to, what we've got: Robbie Keane, we've got Zlatan, we've got all these other names, and I thought I was going to lose my sporting spot on the mountain with Madronda here and here I am having to pick between Zussi and Madronda like I'm just in heaven right now I get sporting <laughs> on the mountain and it's, I'm good so but I, I said at the beginning Madronda was my number four pick he's got a move named after him Okay. Um, so I've got to give it to him but I I could definitely see the arguments for Zussi eight years fantasy viable and been consistently owned in every draft league I've seen even when he's playing as a defender like, that says a lot for a guy.
0: Matt?
1: Uh, I got to go with Minnesota United's Vadim Demidov. Uh, just kidding, Graham <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I am totally happy with going back
0: to Madronda. He was number two on my list, so we don't even have to go to UChat. You guys have already weighed in a lot, though. Uh, we're going to put Madronda as the fourth place on our fantasy list. So making a little list here so I can make a little cool graphic and send this out later. But wait, we're not finished yet. In uh, lots of other situations, we would have uh, been happy to have ended with our one Fantasy Mount Rushmore. But Fantasy is so much more than just the MLS players who have been involved in it. There are so many other people who are part of this Fantasy community that we already talked about it a little bit. Uh, Quincy Ameriqua and these other people who have impacted Fantasy off of the field. And so we are also doing a special second Mount Rushmore. Maybe this is is getting North Dakota into it as well, and we're going to have both both <laughs> Dakotas or the other side of the mountain. We're just going to take up that real estate right there, we're and on the
1: other part of the Rockies, Reed. So the the main one's going to be is going to be uh, uh, proper front range, and then we're putting the other one in Grand Junction.
0: There we go, there we go. We're getting it all all sorted out right here, uh, or we could just bring this over to my neck of the woods and put it up on the Appalachians or something. So,
3: Reed, I thought we'd say these are the guys that carved Mount Rushmore.
0: Oh, oh, okay. This like these did the work, and the other one's got the fame. There we go. So this is our fantasy Mount Rushmore for people who are not players, the non-player's biggest fantasy impact. And so uh, let's just – Oh, we just did you, Mike. So, Blaine, we'll start with you, number one.
3: Yeah, I was hoping I'd get to go number one. Um, (laughs) No, no, no. No, seriously, seriously, guys. My number one is the fantasy boss himself. (laughs) Um, Between writing for MLS – hosting this podcast running and editing the website and how long this has been going on. And then you got to throw in our slash MLS fantasy and all the work Reed does over there. I don't know of any other figure MLS staff or not that has done more for the fantasy community than Reed has my number one, hands down. I will not be swayed.
0: Mike just dropped and maybe he, he's left in protest. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's a connection. Uh, uh, thank you, um, Matt,
1: uh, I uh, retweet favorite DM share on Facebook share on reddit what <laughs> everything blaine said uh well I am I
0: am touched I uh, didn't I did I did not put myself on on my list um, but uh, for for me uh, I have as my number one uh, Ben Jada and I like I like how Andrew put this in in chat he actually said the bins is on his list so mm-hmm. Jada and bear uh, I could I could be I could do something like that but for me uh, Ben Jada is is someone who is out there for fantasy um, he was the person who took it over at the beginning of 3.0 he wrote a lot of articles and a lot of content with that he was open to those of us in the community who were were doing things with fantasy uh, we we didn't get uh, as involved when when ben was still here but uh he uh, was definitely a big supporter of fantasy from the beginning and so for me ben jada gets that that number one spot but i I think there are some other names to to throw out there that i I hope we'll get to um, before we decide and we'll see if mike can join us back real quick before we move on did you say something
3: oh i was just let's let's hold off on the voting but i know you were i knew you weren't going to put yourself on the list um i'm just gonna segue right in ben jada is my number two behind you just because of how much he did to start it off but i just don't think he had he didn't he wasn't allowed to have the longer run with the game i think if we still had ben jada today the game would be different um i think we would probably if fans be in a better position um so ben's my number two um can't argue with i can't argue against that at all and i understand why he's your number one pick but i also knew you probably weren't going to vote for yourself so <laughs> i mean i'm gonna throw out there so, mike's mike's coming back with us right now but
0: i'm throughout there's there's other names of people that i hope we're going to be considering as we're going through here and some of this is just a shout out that i want to give to people who have been involved over the years i mean uh, andrew crawlett himself was doing some fantasy work at the very beginning when i first came in here getting started uh skylar redpath has been a hugely successful fantasy player with multiple versions of mls fantasy and in draft kings who's a num- another person who i think could push for number one spot so skylar was there getting into some of the folklore i mean we've got quincy americo again who did his own fantasy league the the first player maybe only player that i know publicly doing that more of the the infamous side we also have the the brandonson it's the sins i'm going to call that uh which was always one person but could have been two two people and some of those early uh championship winner scandals that may or may not have happened uh been for sure Weeby sagini the starting lineup the the fantasy fc that bobby was doing um Ben, all those guys. I mean, I think there have been a lot of people who have been super impactful over the years, but Mike, um, two people have said me so far, but who's your number one for for
2: fans? Oh, I I had you as the number one, too, so I was glad I didn't have to, uh, you know. (laughs) Well, uh, keep pouring it on, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I do like like this community, and so... um, so boo Brandonsons. good job good one andrew good one, andrew uh all right well uh i guess i won't do the vote because i i guess we've already gone we haven't had any that uh okay i'll just put myself down for number one all right i'll put fantasy boss i won't put my my name because this is a community lots of people have been involved with with articles in the project and admins over at reddit and everything uh, Brian Cullimore, yeah, Fantasy yeah. Boss. Brian Cullimore. I know. I was looking back through some of the the records. Uh, Fantasy Boss was the first website that actually used the term caperou at that time back in back in 2013, and that came up through conversations with uh, um, Brian Cullimore, who was a, a player from Ireland who who hang out a lot in, in the chat and did lots of stuff back in the day. Uh, so we'll just put um, the Fantasy Boss network who's the inventor
1: right of Keeperoo, Reed? do we have that on file somewhere do we remember the I don't
0: that? I don't know who first used Keeperoo I mean it was really I guess just a flavor of the switcheroo uh, that happened That's this so this
1: guess, so in, who, who invented switcheroo then
0: uh, I think that really just came up out of this community that we were using the Switcheroo <laughs> and the Caparoo around that time in like 2013, 14, and nice. then that was when Ben Jada actually was the one who kind of brought that into the official light, where he was where he wrote some early articles about okay. about the Caparoo mm-hmm. thing. So that is definitely something from this community. Uh, and uh, so this is Andrew, us
1: MLS fantasy boss on the Mount Rushmore is like Alexi Lawless arguing that the fan should go on the MLS.
0: (laughs) Probably, probably. And, uh, Andrew crawler is saying that he thinks keeper was him, but it wasn't original due to switcheroo and caperoo. So, um, I'm fine with that. We can let Andrew have keeper. Okay. We can do that. Yeah, works. All right. Let's move on to number two, Matt.
1: Um, so kind of a retread of some of our previous arguments as well. I think there's value in just, if we look at it in general, like how, professional athletes kind of interact with the community and choosing to become part of that or actually like wade into the nether reaches of the internet um I have Quincy Ameriqua I understand if other people want to put if you know uh, you other three want to put him lower down this level but I think he was the first player to really embrace it he was the first one to kind of make it a thing and while as we kind of already said he didn't make it Mainstream, and maybe that didn't necessarily research the greater MLS fan. I think he certainly embraced this community as a whole. So maybe Quincy's like the guy who's chiseling out his stone head in uh, in Grand Junction, but then he's doing it while helping the fans and everybody from MLS Fantasy Boss build the MLS Fantasy head just right next to him as well. Um, and so I think you know certainly if he hasn't if he didn't do that, maybe that doesn't lead to Michael Parkhurst. Having uh, his own league or other players generally just being aware of MLS fantasy in the same way that maybe um, NFL players don't understand the understand the ubiquity of um, and of, of NFL football fantasy. I, so I have Quincy at two. I completely understand that people
2: want to have him at three or four instead. Mike. So. Um... I base my Mount Rushmore here on people who built communities. Um, and I think my, my number two was Skylar Redpath for as much as he's done for fantasy, both in terms of his excellence in you know being one of the top players consistently um, and doing it very publicly and doing all that while giving out advice, which is very difficult to do. Um, constantly giving out his picks, constantly helping out people, constantly manning MLS Twitter account um, in order to give out ad advice. Um, so to, to me, I, I put Skyler as my number two. Blaine? Yeah,
3: I already said I had Ben Jot at the number two. Um, kind of like with the players one, you got to go with the original game changer and he really is the original. I just read just as rehash you, you've done so much for the community. You displace the original. <laughs> like just the networks the networks you've built like no it's just that's just the way i see it and it's no disrespect to ben it's just i i feel like your influence over the entire game and over the entire community has been so big but the guy who made that possible was ben jada you came in and you filled a need and you've done so much but you couldn't have done that without ben jada being there and i don't think you would have from what i've heard you got to work with ben while he was at MLS a little bit and got to know him that way. Like, you wouldn't be in the MLS circle with if it wasn't for Ben. So Ben's gotta be the number two. He made everything that we have in MLS three possible. Or MLS fantasy three possible. And Weeby.
0: Weeby called me. Um <laughs> That's right, Weeby Weeby did that. Um this this is a tough one. This is a tough one. You guys have said lots of stuff. Uh, ben was definitely my number one for for what he was doing at the beginning, um, but I mean Skylar is definitely a, a vote that I would give for a number two guy. Um, and I and I guess since I don't know. Well, this is this coming down to the vote, but Skylar is a name that I would have high up there because of like a lot of what you were saying. Mike, he's he's been a, a proven successful fantasy. He's more successful than I am in, in, in winning and in finishing and consistency. And so, so he has he has that. He's involved with DraftKings and he's involved with uh, writing articles with fantasy. He and I are the only two people who sort of originally were writing articles who are still still here doing that. And his article is wildly successful with that. Uh, he's doing he's doing more of that. And he's he's given he's given tips and has been there on game days to provide lineup suggestions as well uh on on the official Mm -hmm. fantasy account when that one was active so um i think skylar is an excellent shout for for number two um uh but but so has Ben. so i i think i think we'll probably have to go down for the vote for this one uh we've got uh, a couple for quincy in chat and we've got at least one for skylar in chat so i'll have i'll have chat be ready so you guys go ahead start sending your votes in just in case we need that and then we'll start with you blaine for your number two uh, my number two is still Benjatta. Benjatta, Matt. Who do you thinking? Ben, Quincy, Skyler?
1: Top uh, three, I think. Uh, Blaine convinced me. I think substance is more important than si- or what is it? Uh, steak is more important than sizzle. So I'll move Ben. I <laughs> had him at three, but um, you know I'll move him up to number two. So I will say Benjatta as well.
2: Mike. So I'm going to stick with Skylar. The-, the reason I didn't. I actually don't even have Ben on my Mount Rushmore. Um, while Ben, while I think Ben Jada did a lot for Fantasy while he worked for MLS, the, the the one kind of qualm I have with putting him on there is that when he left MLS, he didn't do as much. Um, and I, I know there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't like knock him for, for not doing that. But that's the one thing that kind of kept me from putting him that. So I'm going to stick with Skylar
0: okay i think i think that is that is fair uh that's that is a tough one it's the other the other part that i have about necessarily mike is is doing double duty now we've got we've got two mics in chat if you're not listening on youtube um Definitely. Oh, oh, Now it's back to a single mic. You, now, you, now, guys now, I can,
2: now, I can vote twice. Right, so I'm gonna vote. Single maybe. mic. <laughs> there's,
0: there's a lot of, there's a lot of MLS people. I don't know if it would be better to just give MLS staff like their own, their own spot or not. But uh, I, I am going to say Skyler because just, just again, um, I think he's done so much for the community and is still doing stuff for the community out there as well and has some good some good content so this is going to come down the chat again we've got Andrew Crawlard who has said Skyler, uh, we have two Quincy's but I think right now guys it's coming down to Jada, OG Fantasy MLS Staffer or Skyler and if anybody else doesn't doesn't chime in I think we're going to have to go with Skyler because because that's the only name that I'm seeing so we'll give that a just a very, just a few few seconds, some heartbeats and see if anybody else joins in Uh, with with their recommendations this is fun are you guys enjoying this as we're carving this away i really like this comment that happened in chat as i'm I'm vamping right now that came from that came from adam and he said that his vote is for weeby to be the one who carves the faces into the mountain but he has to use a wooden spoon to do it so (laughs) i think that's it and i think it's even appropriate if you guys haven't seen weeby's uh tweets for a while this isn't recent I have to go back a few days or a few few posts but he had a picture of him and like his quarantine look of hair disheveled and everything um, I think that image should be burnt into the spoon that he mm-hmm. uses to chip away, so so there's that. Uh, nobody else you has chimed have in. Have to
1: wear a shirt with that face completely blown up as the picture. While <laughs> <starving>. <laughs> I
0: like that. That should definitely be a t-shirt. Uh, no one else has chimed in, so we're gonna go with Skylar Redpath as number two of our non-player MLS fantasy Mount Rushmore. Moving on to number three, getting tough, Mike. Who do you want?
2: Um. So I put in. Um, for for my number three, I had um Sean of MLS Show League. uh as I said I was kind of basing it off of community builders. Um to me kind of doing a homebrew by himself and, and what he's created has done a lot to support in the game. Um so I kinda went with Sean. Um but um so yeah, so that that's what I did. I mean he's built a really robust community that's kind of informed MLS fantasy. I think a number of the of interactions have been positive for the game from the show league so that's kind of where i went
0: ah getting a little bit outside of the of the official bubble right here i never that is not a rule that we couldn't couldn't break so blaine who are you
2: well
3: my number got taken already because skylar was my number i mean as far as community building and and interaction goes on social media. Skyler's up there with the best. And so he was my number three, but I don't need to make a case for a guy who's already on, on the mountain, I guess. So um, and now you gotta pick another I'm not going to get Yeah, if I'm not going to get one Ben, I, so... um, I got to go with the one that I couldn't get on the player's one, and that's Quincy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, if he's not going to be on the player's one as a player, let's get him on there as a community builder. And we've talked about him all night and just love what he did for the community and not going to shy away from it here
0: matt who are you thinking
1: oh well you know
3: i had banner ridge
1: i had ben jada originally at my three and then now um skylar was actually my number four and had a couple backup ones that i thought about bringing up depending on how voting ultimately went so i mean i gotta i just reiterate what i said previously about what quincy and ben have meant to the community quincy more on the the meme front engaging with the twitter first and the greater community and ben you know doing it from the mlssoccer.com platform uh taking over in sort of that middle ranges as the community was kind of building up an mls fantasy boss and older golder and all the other entities were becoming what they are now today so um you know i have to I, I have to stick with my guns for the of consistency. And if my number four isn't available and my number two and three have kind of been knocked down, I'd have to say I'm, I'm on the fence right now between Ben and Quincy.
0: Uh, well, I have to say that Quincy is in chat right now. So if that is going to be swaying anybody's opinions, um, he's <laughs> he is still active and involved. Uh, man, Older Goaler is another fantastic shout as a name. Um, there have been uh, a huge presence in the fantasy boss community, a huge presence in the Discord community, has uh, great theme leagues, theme weeks in... uh the the discord league if you haven't joined that or participated in those once we get back going he's done great theme leagues so Where it'll be like you can only pick players with beards you can only pick players who are from teams that begin with a vowel I, mean, I don't know if that's even a thing but um he'll just fun little things like that only only teams that are red that kind of stuff so uh and the the kids league as well so older goaler has been a fantastic presence over the years as well uh on on my actual list that i made i had uh the starting lineup as my number three spot and that was the combination of weeby and sagini from that original era of mls produced content right there uh so so i have that right there but i had quincy originally on my players list because of his impact in fantasy right there so so going by that, I am also going to say that I think Quincy Ameriquois needs to be on our—I know we called it non-players, but for his non-player work in promoting fantasy, I think he needs to be on one of our Mount Rushmore fantasy impacts because of what he's meant to early— early in the league i mean he's has a great presence throughout throughout the league i think he's loved in every city that he goes to i think dc is has been fantastic with him as well when he was there that, that so he's just a a great player and a great person for some of the work that he's done as well off the field and so i think he is worthy of that spot so uh do we need to vote on this one is that is that three votes for for quincy right now
1: I'm in your head, Reed.
0: Oh, Matt is in my head. Uh, so, Mike, it comes down to you. Are you going to argue against Quincy Ameriqua being our number three fantasy Mount Rushmore?
2: I mean, he showed up in chat, so no. I'm be-
0: <laughs> <laughs> All that right. Is our
1: first unanimous vote of the night then? I think it is our first
0: I unanimous is, vote of the yeah.
3: night.
0: So, now we come down to number four. Tough. Such a tough spot again this is this is this is rough mount rushmore what have you what have you done to us so here we are fantasy fantasy non-player activity mount rushmore uh so many names that we could put right here i don't know how you guys are going to to choose blaine who are you looking at
3: oh this is so tough Mm mm-hmm because really in my draft, uh, Ben Jada's is the last one that hasn't made the list and I've already argued for him a lot so far. Um, but we'll throw out the new name. If I, if my vote would be for Ben, mm. if he's going to be in the voting, uh, but James Ballow, um, and I know he's a newer face to this, but he brought some much needed transparency and some much needed community involvement to a game at a point when it was struggling. And, just the openness he's had with us as contributors and pundits that have tried to help. And then getting out there and getting community feedback to find out what needs to happen for this game. I don't think we can understate just how important that is in this transition time when we have been somewhat less than friendly towards MLS due to some of the way they've handled things. I think that's been a real breath of fresh air here in recent memory. So I'm going to give James Ballow a nod here at this point. Matt?
1: I'm kind of, I think you were the one who said it, Reed, the last round of voting for the third spot, mentioning starting lineup. I had Jason Sagini originally at my four, and I realize I'm saying that, having already brought up Older Golder as one of my backups, and then Ben Try Jada, it. who still hasn't made it as well. Um, I would say starting lineup was maybe kind of the original Platform upon which built the community, albeit behind the structure with some marketing and maybe corporate corporate oversight of the MLSsoccer.com Soccer.com umbrella. So as opposed to just saying starting lineup, I feel like as much as Weeby did a good job of that uh originally i would say certainly his like almost becoming a meme of oh i'm pulling a weebie and doing my lineup for the first week and then completely forgetting about mls fantasy and i'm not just saying that because last week in our experts league last year in our experts league he beat me the opening weekend by one point on a tiebreaker and then proceeded to not set his lineup five weeks into us playing in the second <laughs> so, you know that's like that's like you beating me and then like i set up for like us to have a Rematch and then you don't show up at the playground, which is totally denying me the rightful revenge victory that I wanted. So I feel like that negates it. And I feel like, as much as we can talk about what Ben Bear, some positive, some negative, at MLSsoccer.com has done for the community and the league and MLS fantasy itself, as an entity, and Ben Jada, Jason Sagini is the OG on this one. So, in the same way that um, I was arguing for the player Mount Rushmore, Graham Zusi being the OG Captain Fantasy. I don't think we can have this conversation without mentioning Jason Sagini, independent of both starting mm-hmm. lineup and the relationship that he had with Weeby as well. But, you know, I think any of the other ones that we've had good shouts on, so I think, you know, we could we could have eight as far as the community builders, and I think we'd still be leaving out somebody who's put in a really good labor of love to make this community the fun entity as this kind of like a, a side culture of MLS as it is.
0: Well you we can't even forget people like like Ryan and Kyle who have done things on the stat side as well and, mm-hmm. and put that out there. So there's been been so many people. Uh, that I mean, we're getting some pushback from from at least one person in chat about going beyond Benjana. Um, so so I don't I don't know. That's that's it's there's some opinion. There's some feelings right here. I threw out the idea of just giving like an MLS staff spot for for the people who have been. Been involved, but but that is getting a little bit of pushback. So so Mike,
2: uh yeah, you you're definitely to you come to me as far as <laughs> pushback. I thought it was a good segue. Of, <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I I don't think MLS staff needs any recognition um, whatsoever. Um, that's it's their job. Um, but and we you know, Blaine talked a lot about like James Ballo and the transparency. Um, it, it should be noted that the transparency has mostly happened on the discord that Older Goaler set up and the community that Older Goaler has done in his own time. Um, and, and to me, that deserves a lot more praise than, you know, the MLS guys who, you know, Jay Skinny, Ben Jada, Andrew Rieby, I, don't, I don't know why Andrew Riebe's in this conversation, but they all did it as part of their jobs. I, I haven't seen from really any of them when it's not their job, they're pushing it. Um, so, so to me, they don't get on this list. Older Goaler has spent a ton of his own time um, building a Discord, building the theme team, building the kids league, a, a lot of stuff to push and, and to try to connect with people, to create um, initiatives that will bring more people into the game, help new players. T- to me, that's just so much more important than what, what we've seen from all these so, you know, some fantastic contributions and you mentioned the stats guys, um, you know, I'll, I'll Andrew Crawl it's joking in chat. I, I think he deserves to be in that conversation for advancing stats on, you know, fantasy. It's true. Um, it's true. I, I would also talk about, you know, some of the people who you've built the podcast, you know, guy Sanchez, Jason Wiscovich, um, you know, who Bill helped build the community on. Um, There's there just so many people who did it, but I, I looked at what older goaler has done in, in building a community and building a place or even for James Ballard to feel comfortable to have those conversations, um, that that to me has just been so tremendous that I would want to give the nod to him.
0: All right, that's no, that's that's well said. Uh, and there are, I mean, I, I'm just going to take another quick aside here. There are so many of you all who I know I've been involved with and talked with mm-hmm. over the years that that have impacted fantasy. It it makes this hard, but this this is just for fun. This is all this is all for fun and the laughs and the thing. But I appreciate all the conversations and chats and things that everyone has given and done over the years it's it's been it's been a blast. Uh, this just that just made this feel like like a send-off episode. Holy crap. No, that's not what's going on here well, at all. That's... This is this is all for the lulls. <laughs> this is all for the lols. All right. So I I think we can respect that and if if we say it's their job at MLS, we will we will give a nod of the hat and a tip and everything to all the work that that has been done by the MLS staffers. Over the years, Ben and Ben and Sagini and and Weeby and and all those guys, Bobby when he was here, even I think someone threw out that Simon Borg uh, and Andrew found uh, an old an old message from from back in the or an old article back in the day. He did a little bit of some of the fantasy stuff, I guess, on on earlier versions of Extra Time. So he's been involved. I don't really think of Simon Borg though as really a big fantasy promoter person. So, but um, some of those names. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's older
3: goal I mean yeah if I'm if I can't vote for an MLS guy yeah and if we're all split it's older goaler I mean the discord alone has been a huge addition to this community it did give James his outlet to talk to play uh, fantasy yeah. players like and James and, made the app the app's an important thing too yeah but the, again that's part of the mls job if we're gonna go with strictly like outside and like i still i still give that nod to ben jada because he did reach out into the community to get help and try to grow this game and james is communicating with the with the community as well like i i get that's why those two names come up over some of the other staffers who may have put in more time and more effort and like i i love and respect ben bear but i know what ben is doing is because of his job and he, he's walking a fine line with everything he has to do and get done that he doesn't have as much time to put into the fantasy game as maybe we would like him to have. So if we're gonna go strictly outside of job, um, older Goaler gets it because I don't know how many good laughs we've had. One of my favorite uh, theme teams has always been best hair and you can you can as long as you can make an argument for it, you can vote for him. And I love voting for the guys who rock the bald look because that is best hair and not every guy can pull off a bald look. And one of my favorites to throw out when he was still playing was Justin Matt because anybody who plays like he does with that haircut, I mean, just come on. So Older Goaler gets my vote. All right, Older Goaler,
1: Matt. Uh, you guys have convinced me I'll go with Elder Golder as well. Um, and I, and I should say that because, um, going into the season, not really relevant now because the league's not playing anymore, but we've got a couple, as I mentioned, I think before we officially started the recording for the going out on the podcast read, um, there's a couple younger members who listen to holding the high line who then found MLS fantasy boss through me being a, um, through me being a guest on the show and then me sharing it on my own personal Twitter. And then that leading to them being more interested in MLS fantasy and then kids wanting to join the older Golder Kids League Discord as well. So through that general connectivity and obviously it being a labor of love, you know, in the same way that but, you know, the MLSsoccer.com guys are doing it because it's part of their job. Older Golder's doing it as much for a passion, as much as you guys are as uh, MLS Fantasy Boss, as much as Quincy America was doing it because it was fun and something to do to where he could make memes out of it. So um, I'm going to get three votes for Older.
0: There we go. Our second four-way tie. I will also gladly <laughs> vote for Older Golder to be on the, the Fantasy Mount Rushmore right there. So that's it. We have our two Fantasy Mount Rushmores. That's crazy. And... uh yeah, there's so many more names I wish you could put up there. Just like guests could be another one of, of people who have been on the show and just contributed all this kind of stuff. So uh, Patreon. That's, I mean, there's so many people who have, have helped done this. So so there we go. There is our, there are our fantasy Mount Rushmore picks. I will make a graphic for each of these and, and post them out so we can share, maybe tag some players and see if we can get... Uh, some retweets are some fun and the other thing getting older Golar also acknowledges our canadian connections as well so we are not leaving out canada in in this, in this experiment as well that we're doing so i hope we have righted the wrong here uh thank you so much everyone who who joined us tonight i hope you had fun with this little distraction uh, i know every week i pretty much say next show we're going to do the 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 best fantasy xi of all time or at least 3.0 era but then something else will pop up and i'm like oh mount rushmore yeah we should do that one so unless something better comes along we'll we'll do the best team ever i really want that to be like our last one before we get back to two games it just seems like that's the proper way to end this little aside so if you have another idea of what you'd like to hear
3: us do or talk go ahead i, ha- I have one for next oh, week he's if got you one. want one um top 10 fantasy moments
0: there we go Let's go with that top ten fantasy moments. That's what we'll do next week, and uh, it should be it should be a lot of fun. So thank you for coming out tonight. Thank you, Blaine. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Matt, uh, for joining us. Anything you guys want to plug before we go? I know Matt, you're involved with a lot of stuff.
1: Uh, holding the eye line for your Colorado Rapids podcast. Check out my work at Last Word on soccer.com. We're doing a bunch of crazy evergreen stuff that we've never had time for right now that's going to be a little bit out there um including comparing uh teams and players to fan, uh foodie restaurants in their respective markets and ooh, ooh, maybe
0: presidents nice. teams and presidents that should be it <laughs> Ooh, i don't know about that maybe that's part of next week with us top 10 moments <laughs> yes, and teams <laughs> and presidents uh mike and blaine anything you guys want to plug
2: um I th- I think we would be remiss if we got out of here without a word of congratulations for some news that went public this past week. Oh yes, um, Ooh, yes. Uh, congratulations to Reed on baby Connolly. We're having a boy who's probably going to replace me. Um, <laughs> 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 so congrats to Reed for joining the fatherhood uh, club.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes, no, no official name yet, but Baby C is, is uh, due in October. So I,
2: I think Michael I Blaine Connolly is a great <laughs> name. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: mean, I mean, he's here, and we express a lot of love. A Quincy Connolly would be really good too. <laughs> well, already already got,
0: got vetoed. Uh, Andrew, um, oh, what is it? I said, uh, Andrew Matthew uh, Benjamin Connolly. So can't do can't do any of that with, with MLS people right there. Uh, all right well and then uh, then I
3: had I had one quick thing I I've been hearing um, everybody stay happy safe at home Um, but rumor around the the news media was New York and California are potentially in the middle of peaking right now Uh, my sister's a nurse here in in the Midwest Um, Colorado's
1: expected to peak this weekend Blaine
3: this weekend yeah Midwest Missouri was predicting for her her hospital was saying mid to late may at the earliest they have moved that up to potentially the end of april um so it looks like peak is hitting sooner than a lot of people expected which is a good, very good sign um just i know it's tough to stay home social distancing sucks we keep bringing these to you but keep up the good work and there are there is positive news coming out that nothing set in stone that every and opening up maybe a little delayed after that but that is very good signs across the nation that we could be peaking sooner than expected and um, maybe a quicker resolution to this than I think a lot of us were settling in for recently.
0: Yeah uh, definitely great news Uh, as we like to say in Kentucky from our governor uh, please don't feel like you're quarantining stay healthy at home and uh, just remember that uh, we will get through this together. Thank you very much good luck.